Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. I have not a whole lot to report. Been busy. Um, did just finished up my Steelers show, ran through Chipotle, and now I'm chatting with you two. I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah we do have uh, a great guest with us today. He is my co-host on the Player Raider podcast. We've got George Criticos. George, how are you, man? I am fantastic as well. I mean, I don't, I can't match Matt's enthusiasm, but but I'll do my best. Well, without Chipotle, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah, I'm not fueled up the way he is. That's true, uh, Matt. You said you didn't have much to report. We are going to ask you to report on some things later. More more Steelers news. Your your boys can't stay out of this. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's drama. It's a soap opera over there. It is. It is. We'll get to them down the road here yep. about halfway through the show. We'll, we'll save it for now. All righty. So, guys, what we're going to do today is exactly what we did last week. And uh, if you got a chance to listen to that, uh, we had Jeff Tiefertiller on. And we basically looked at week, week one kind of in a dynasty lens. We talked about Dwayne Brown's phrase that he shared on Twitter, react without overreacting. And basically for each game, we had a scenario involving uh, one of the key players uh, from one of those teams, and what what to do with those guys in Dynasty. Are we going to buy them, sell them? Uh, are we going to move them up our rankings, or, or maybe uh, even just try to add them via waivers? We're going to do the same exact format today, except we've got George with us. We're glad for that. We'll start with the Ravens and the Bengals, the Thursday night game. Guys, John Brown had his second straight really good game for the Ravens. We know they added Brown. They added... Uh, Michael Crabtree, they added Willie Sneed. All of those guys has, ha, have played well, but it's been Brown who has really stood out. Uh, last week against the Bengals, uh, was targeted 10 times, only caught four, but 92 yards and a score. He's the wide receiver, 23 on the season. I need some wide receiver help. We we know we love the talent. It's always just been an injury issue with him. Are you giving a future second for John Brown, George? Is that is that a... A, a good reaction, an appropriate reaction, or is that an overreaction? I, I went back and forth on this one because I, I do like the Ravens offense from the perspective that I suspect they will throw a lot again this year, as it, it seems like is the case so far. The tight end is always a mess, so it tends to be pretty wide receiver-centric, which is great. And Brown has a very specific role on the offense that no one else really has. So all those things are good. I, I, I just don't know if I can give up a second rounder for him. I, I would say it's it's not a bad reaction. I'm kind of in the middle on that one, and that's how I'm going to start. I'm going to start wishy-washy with this. All right. We're, <laughs> we're off to a good start. Matt, yeah. what do you think? Give up a second rounder for John Brown. Yeah, I wouldn't hurt heartbeat. I'm a big John Brown fan. I love the way he looks. Um, it's not the greatest offense, but, you know, like George said, I mean, it's a defined role, and even if Lamar Jackson takes over, I still think they'll throw deep. I think he's a really good player. I'd gladly give up a second for him. Uh, I think I'm with you, Matt. I would give a second for him as well. Obviously, if I know it's a later second, that makes things even better. And and I would really only look to buy him if I'm contending. He's he's from that 2014 class, but he's older than most of those other guys in that group. He's not one of these guys who's still 24, 25. I think he's getting close to 28. I mentioned earlier the injury issues and the uh, sickle cell trait that he's dealt with. And of course we all hope 
that he can uh, get over those things and, and just stay healthy. If he does, I think he's going to have a big season. And Michael Crabtree does not look like the, the Oakland Michael Crabtree. It, he, may have, uh, he may have taken a step back at some point here. Yeah, well said. I think his volume, it's, he's not just a Deshaun Jackson all-or-nothing guy either. I think he gets more targets than those type of players, Ted Ginn's. Next game, the Panthers and the Falcons. DJ Moore, after uh, after a, a week one that he wasn't really involved at all, finally caught a ball. Uh, did just have one catch, but it went for a long touchdown, 51-yarder. Uh, we saw DJ Moore go in the first round of, of pretty much every recent rookie draft over the offseason. Uh, probably fair to say his value has dropped a little bit since then. Uh, but I like what I saw. I'm going to give a first-rounder, a future first-rounder for DJ Moore. Matt, reaction or overreaction? If I were selling him, that would be my starting price, and I'd probably want a little more. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> you have, you guys have really been raving about next year's receiver class, though, and if it's a generic first, let's say it ends up right in the middle of the first round, might I get a superior player a year from now at the same position? You could. Um, uh, we've talked. George and I have talked about this 2019 class before, and, and we've mentioned it a few times on here. George is not a fan like, like many others are, and I'm not ready to admit that he's right. We're still a long way away from that. But a lot of these guys that were projected as first-round rookie picks in 2019 are not off to a great start. We saw Rodney Anderson, the Oklahoma running back uh, end his season with a knee injury. Amon Richards, Miami wide receiver, has been injured. And, and a few of these other guys have just not been that great, honestly. A again, plenty of time until uh, that conversation pops up again. But I would say the class of 2019 is uh, slightly trending down right now. So, George, with that in mind, and again, already kind of knowing your thoughts about the class, are you moving a 19 first for DJ Moore? I am, and, and you know, I'll caveat it with I, I don't like trading the first-round picks this early just because, you know, I think we've talked about this, and I know, I know Matt, you and, you and Ryan have talked about this as well. You know, the first-round picks tend to increase in value as the season goes along, the closer you get to the draft, everything else, and that would be my reservation. Um, but, but, Ryan, you're right. I, I'm not a huge fan of this draft class. I think it's plenty deep. I just don't feel like there's a lot of top-end assets I'm really excited about, and I – would have had more, you know, in the top two or three wide receivers in, in that class as of now. Obviously, that can change. But but for me, a, a random first for, for more at this point feels appropriate to me at the very least. I want to take a moment here and talk about Squad QL. If you've been listening to the last few episodes, I have told you all about them. And I use it all the time on my phone. It's a great app. So if you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, which of course you do or you would not be listening to the three of us right now, well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and the free agent pool. So you're probably over there asking, how does SquadQL actually do this? Well, the app connects directly with your Yahoo ESPN or CBS leagues pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver wire and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you a player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings, which is very cool. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download the SquadQL app. 
your all-in-one fantasy football manager. Squad QL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer, trusted by well over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free at both Apple and Android. Next game up is the Chargers and the Bills. Uh, Melvin Gordon had another big game, especially as a receiver. Uh, he had only 28 rushing yards and one touchdown uh, on the ground on Sunday, but he had uh, six receptions. Two of those went for touchdowns. He's the RB2 on the season. Guys, I looked this up. Using only his wide re- his receiving stats, he would be the wide receiver 10 through two weeks. So pretty impressive, obviously, for Melvin Gordon. He's a guy who's always been, uh, I think, a little undervalued. I'm giving up two first-rounders for Melvin Gordon. Is that an overreaction at this point, or, or is that a, would that be a smart move for me, George? I'm going to say it's an overreaction, and, and part of it is I think Austin Eckler's had a nice start to the season as well. You know, he had, I think it was about 77 rushing yards on Sunday, had a couple catches as well. He had 11 carries, so, I mean, they, they very much seem to want to split some of that workload. Clearly, Gordon is the, the A side of that equation, which is great. Uh, I just, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to support both of them as, you know, pretty, pretty well scoring fantasy options this season. I feel like at some point this is going to come back to earth a little bit. And I think this is to me the wrong point to try to overreact and, and, and make that move. You know, I was on a fantasy show today and we were talking about Gordon and I brought up the point that if we had a redraft draft today, you know, right after week two. How many players would you take ahead of Gordon? I mean, Gurley, okay, but Elliott or Kamara, maybe. Not David Johnson, not Lev Bell, obviously. Not other first-round backs that went around that point. I mean, I think he's primed to be a top-three fantasy running back this year, which is a huge asset. But this one comes down to me is, if you're in it to win it, go get him, because I don't think his production is going to drop all that much. Um, if not, he might be a great sell high guy. So you're, you're okay with buying him for two first if you're contending? Yeah. If you think that first of the two is going to be late as, and then two years down the road. Yeah. And go win it this year. Yeah. I'm going to side with George on this one. I, I think it's a slight overreaction. Definitely no problem with, with Gordon as a player, but, uh, I, I do think if we wait a little bit, he might come a, a bit cheaper than that. Next game, Vikings and the Packers. Of course, this one was a shootout, ended in a tie. The Vikings receivers really went crazy. And we talked about this last week with Tyreek Hill. I'm going to ask the same question with Stefan Diggs. Can we rank Stefan Diggs as a top five dynasty wide receiver at this point? On Sunday, he had nine catches, 128 yards, two touchdowns. He's the wide receiver four on the season. Matt, is, is it? Is it crazy? Is it an overreaction to put him in the top five dynasty wide receivers now? I don't think it's crazy. I'm extremely high on him. Five might be, I think I could just come up with five names I like a little better. I mean, especially after what Michael Thomas just did. And Evans is really looking good. And uh, I think he's right in that neighborhood, though. I mean, he's seventh right now on my list, but I could probably move him up to five. Would you prefer him over Brown or Hopkins, one of the, quote, semi-older dudes? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he's, you know, maybe a first-round startup guy or top 15 or so startup guy. I'm just not sure that he's top five. 
George, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm, I have him seven as well. Uh, and I was working on that today. And I really would love to have him in the top five because, like Matt, I'm a big fan. Uh, and, and this offense clearly can support multiple weapons with, with Thielen and even Rudolph and, and Dalvin Cook being in the receiving game. So, so that I'm not worried about at all. But to Matt's point, I mean, there it's a crowded top end of this uh, dynasty receiver. You know, Tyree Kill, you guys mentioned from last week. Uh, definitely is another one. I mean, even Juju Smith-Schuster, you could argue, belongs somewhere in that range as well uh, after a couple of big games. So uh, it's just hard to fit him in. It's not that he doesn't deserve to be a top five guy. It's just hard to find a guy to pull out in favor of him. Yeah, I think that's fair from both of you guys. It, it really does seem like there's eight or nine guys that we want to put in the top five, and that's that just shows you uh, – how how rich this uh, top end wide receiver group is right now thinking about wide receiver rankings it seems like we're still giving hopkins and beckham the pass as as the top two guys should we be i guess letting Diggs, thomas hill evans keenan allen are these guys all in one big tier do you feel like beckham and and hopkins are getting some kind of pass as far as their dynasty value I mean, I have I have Thomas over Hopkins. Uh, I have Thomas second, um, so I do give Odell a bit of a pass at this point because we really have seen what he's done. I also have the concerns with Hopkins' concussion history, so that that makes me a little bit tentative, and that doesn't seem to get talked about enough. But but I do agree with you. I do think that there's a little bit of a pass that's given, and and Hopkins having Watson and how well he's done in his first eight starts obviously doesn't hurt either, and that makes you super excited that those big games are coming. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And, um, I just think that, that at this point it's, yeah, to your point, it's a big mishmash. I, I mean, I would say there's nine guys right now that I would have no problem being in my top five. Yeah, that makes sense. Next game, Browns and Saints. Of course, that one was a lot closer than most of us expected. Looking at the Browns team here, the rookie receiver Antonio Callaway had a big game, caught that long touchdown at the end that looked like it would be the game winner for Cleveland. Uh, ended up with three catches, 81 yards, and that touchdown. I'm going to trade Antonio Callaway for one of his teammates, for David Njoku. He's off to a little bit of a disappointing start. He's, he's seeing some volume. He's gotten seven targets in each of these first two games, but hasn't done much with him, just 20 yards on Sunday. So basically picking here, Callaway or David Njoku. Matt, let's start with you on this one. I like both. A lot of talent there. Certainly more inconsistencies with Najoku, especially catching the football. Maybe he should have caught more than, what, 30 passes on the jug machine that day. Um, (laughs) But I really like his upside. And there's a lot more wide receivers I'm excited about in this neighborhood than there are tight ends. So I would rather have Najoku. So you're going to say that's an overreaction to... um... To Callaway's good game? Yeah. Right. I just think Najoku's a real asset. Yep, George? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there as well. I think Njoku's kind of unfortunately getting saddled with Tyrod's kind of conservative tendencies, kind of being that very short part of the field, especially with Duke Johnson not really doing much. I feel like Njoku's getting a little bit more of that, where he's just kind of that dump-off option, which really he should be much more than that. So so I also agree. I think I would rather have Njoku in this case. And with Callaway, my other concern is, you know, he has a pretty big history in terms of behavior and everything. And after what we saw with Josh Gordon over the last what has it been, five or six years? Yeah. You know, I just don't know if they're willing to do that with another player or if they're going to have a much shorter leash if, if he does have another issue. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I'm with you guys. Uh, I still prefer Njoku there, uh, and, and selling him would be an overreaction in my mind. While we're on the Browns, though, Josh Gordon's value definitely spiked this week, though, don't you think? I think so. I think yeah. so. We we might get into that one a little bit later. All right. <laughs> Next game, <laughs> Dolphins and the Jets. We're gonna we're gonna trade teammates here again. Devontae Parker, we thought he would show up this past week. Still didn't happen. He was inactive again with that finger injury. We have to assume he's going to play in week three. He he did practice most of the week prior to uh, heading into that Jets game, but still didn't see him on the field. I'm just going to cash out on Devontae Parker. I'm, I'm going to sell him for Kenny Stills, who's off to a, a pretty decent start. Had a nice week one, quiet week two. Is giving up on Parker... Uh, and trying to flip him for stills and overreaction, Matt? I think a slight one. I mean, I can see why he's in everyone's doghouse, and he's burned people over and over, and, you know, is highly in, inconsistent, to say the least. But I'd rather have him than Kenny Stills. I mean, I, I could see him being on a different team in the near future and thriving. I could see – I just think there's more ability there. George, what about you? Yeah, I – I would say slight overreaction is the right call there. I think, you know, Parker has a ton of talent. I really liked him coming out. He had obviously the foot injuries and, and he's had injuries in the pros, but it sounded like he was actually, he felt like he was able to play this week and it was the Dolphins' decision to not play him, which seemed a little bit strange. Uh, so, so that causes a little concern for me, but to Matt's point, if he goes on another team, I'd be I'd be very excited. But if I was a contender, I wouldn't see a reason you know, necessarily to hold on to Parker if I got stills and felt like I could use, you know, a guy capable of, of filling in for me on some bye weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go with a with an appropriate reaction here. I'm I'm going to go ahead and just get out of Parker while I can. I don't know if stills is necessarily the best you could do. Maybe even a, a future second rounder would be a better return. But uh, I'm going to take the production and the guy that's actually on the field in, in this case and go with Kenny still. So to me, that's an appropriate reaction. Is Parker going higher in startups right now? Yeah. Parker still has, has that, that value advantage. So again, if you made that specific trade, maybe you're giving up a little value. Uh, Even if you got stills in a third or something like that, uh, that might be, uh, that might be more reasonable. Yeah, I can see that. Let's talk about the Chiefs and Steelers. And uh, before we get into these specific scenarios, and, and this was such a big game that we've got two of them. Uh, Matt, let's let's talk about AB. Is is this news from today? And and we're recording this on Tuesday evening. Didn't report to the team yesterday. Is this a big deal? Is it getting overblown? What's going on? I don't 100% know yet, to be honest with you. What's interesting about Mr. Brown is he took it upon himself that he will only talk to media on Fridays. So Tuesdays they're off. Monday he wasn't there. So no one's going to hear from him until Friday. And Coach Tomlin spoke today and basically implied he was not aware that Brown wasn't going to show up. And word is that his agent has said it was a personal issue, but that seems awfully convenient with what's been going on with him and this team the last you know couple days. I bet it's just AB being AB. I mean, he's just kind of out there and does his own thing, and maybe he did have a personal issue because 
work ethic by no means is an issue with him at all. It's quite the opposite. Um, and he does want to win. People just assume that he is this selfish athlete that doesn't care about the team. That's not true at all. Um, so I don't know why it occurred or what kind of waves it'll make. We'll know better tomorrow when the team you know gets back to practice, assuming he's there. But by no means are they considering trading him. Yeah, I, I wouldn't no. think they would. Um, it, it's it has to be frustrating for the Steelers and for, even for Steelers fans. You're still dealing with the the Lev Bell stuff, and then and then this pops up. Even though we think it's going to end up being nothing, we thought we thought the Le'Veon Bell thing would end up being nothing when it was July, and and we were just waiting out and and waiting out his holdout and expecting him to show up. But we we know where that stands. We'll stick with the Antonio Brown topic. He has been outproduced these first two games by his teammate, Juju Smith-Schuster, my guy. So I'm going to adjust my rankings. I'm moving Juju ahead of Antonio Brown. And and obviously, guys, I think you all know and our listeners know that these are not all necessarily situations that or scenarios that I'm actually considering. But this one is um, it, in the works to... Uh, clean up my rankings soon and this is one I've been thinking of I I think now might be the time of course we know Juju is much younger he is the wide receiver seven on this early part of the season Antonio Brown not far behind wide receiver 11 definitely not washed up or anything like that Matt would you be ready to move Juju ahead of Antonio Brown in dynasty rankings no Brown's still getting hammered with targets and looks as good as ever him and him and Ben have had somewhat of a disconnect uh Ben has missed a lot of open deep throws to not only mostly Brown but everyone the last two weeks it's a little bit of a worry there um but you just watch them in person as often as I have Brown's just a much much better player as he is against any receiver basically sure sure this is this is obviously no slight on his talent, but he's going to slow down at some point, right? Sure. We know we know that, and uh, Juju is, what, eight years younger than him? Is that right, I think? Sounds about right. He just turned 21. That's, that's a big deal. That's not insignificant. It, you don't think this is the beginning of, of no. the I slowdown period for him? No, not at all. George, what about you? I did adjust my rankings today, and I did put Juju above Antonio Brown. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's less about Antonio Brown declining. It's more about Juju showing that he's more than just a supplemental receiver, that he is capable of big games and that he's capable of, of being a wide receiver one for both an NFL team and a fantasy team. So for me, it's less of a slight to Antonio Brown because I still have him highly ranked. I just think that, that Juju won, you know, that, that youth always helps, but, but he's also showing what, what we kind of saw, which was a guy who was a raw wide receiver coming into college. I mean, he, he was a safety coming into college, so clearly he just kind of needed the time to learn the position, and, and it seems like you just see that progression week by week. Uh, so, so for me, I have Juju sixth right now, and I think I have Antonio Brown eighth. Uh, so, so I do like both, but, but I do have Juju ahead of him. All right, I love to hear that. That's that's probably about where mine will end up as well. And and again, that's that's not a slide on Brown. Of course, he's he's in the conversation as the greatest receiver of all time, which is pretty amazing considering uh, kind of where he came from as far as draft pedigree, small school, all of those things that that we all know about. 
like I said, there were this this game was such a big deal for dynasty players and, and fantasy players that I had to throw out a second scenario here. And of course, it's about the talk of the fantasy football world, Patrick Mahomes. We all know what he did. Six more touchdowns in week two. That gives him ten for the year. He's the first quarterback to ever do that. He's easily on pace to break the all time record through through only two games. And I don't think anybody's ready to predict that or that we're expecting that at this point, but he's, his performance has obviously been very impressive. I'm moving Patrick Mahomes all the way up to my quarterback one over Wentz over Rogers over Deshaun Watson and everybody else. George, is that an overreaction? I say it's a slight overreaction because I do have them in my top tier of quarterbacks, but, but I don't have them first. I, I, I actually have Deshaun Watson first because I think he's actually been just as if not a little bit more impressive because he can also do it with his legs. He's shown that he can do it when his wide receivers are injured. He has no tight end, uh, not much of a running game either, honestly. Uh, but but for Mahomes, I mean, I, I'm super happy he's doing well. I think I predicted he'd have a top six quarterback season or was capable of it. So he's sure making me look good right now. Uh, but but I, I can't put him quite at the top. I, I would like to see him do it a little more and also... I think teams are going to kind of get uh, a little bit more tape on Mahomes and, and probably react uh, over the coming weeks a little bit more judiciously as going forward. Yeah, I think that's really well said. And, you know, he's kind of like that pitcher going through the league the first time and people need to realize that, you know, he, he, he shows his fastball or there's tendencies. But, boy, is he talented. And, boy, is the situation perfect. And the coaching is perfect. And the youth is there. And he mixes in his legs at times. Um I don't think this is an overreaction, but he's second for me behind Wentz. So you you think this would be, you wouldn't have any question with this or have any problem with this? No, I mean, I could write a case for it. I just think Wentz is even a little better and we just, he's been a little bit out of sight, out of mind. And he's about ready to show everyone how good he really is. Yeah, with this combination of of the older established quarterbacks and, and even including... Uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers in that that older category, and Cam Newton as well. Uh, plus the young guys, Wentz, Watson, and Mahomes. It's it, it's a pretty good time to to be a you know to be a fantasy quarterback. I've um, I've got a lot of those guys on my rosters, and I'm I know I'm happy about that. But it's almost like the the wide receiver conversation we were having. There's there's three or four guys that. You can make a case for as as the top two or three quarterbacks. So uh, I'm going to say it is uh, it is not an overreaction. I think it's totally understandable that, that that even after two games you would make that move given what we know. Uh, I don't know if I'll do that when I actually update my rankings, Matt. Like you said, but definitely definitely an appropriate reaction. I think. Yeah, Ryan. I really see what you're saying there. Mm. Speaking of seeing. Have I told you how much I love Simple Contacts? I actually have Simple Contacts in my eyeballs as we speak because I love them so much and they've been so good to us. So if you are a contact wearer, go to simplecontacts.com slash dynasty20, dynasty20, all lowercase, and use our code dynasty20. Do that right now. But first of all, I'm going to tell you about what's going on here. This is they're an unbelievably convenient, fast, reliable, cheap. I mean, you save 20 bucks by using our code. 
And first of all, let me just tell you, this is not a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam, but it gets you contacts quick, and it's really, really cool how they do it. So Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere. In just a few minutes, it's like three or four minutes. It's visionary. It's vision care for the 21st century. So do you need to renew your prescription? Even if you don't, just go get these contacts anyways with our code. Take the simple five-minute simple contact vision test online, and it'll be reviewed by a licensed doctor. You receive a renewed prescription and reorder your contacts. All you need is your current contacts, an internet connection, and 10 feet of space. Even if you're totally out of contacts, they've got an option for you too. So, even if you have an unexpired con- or, uh, prescription, just upload a photo or your doctor's information and order your lenses. It's really crazy how well this works. There's so many things demanding your time nowadays. Contact lenses should not be one of them. And especially for me this time of year, I simply don't have time to go to the, the eye doctor. I mean, so I use Simple Contacts. I go to simplecontacts.com slash dynasty20 and use the code dynasty20 and I get 20 bucks off. Simple Contacts have been rated a five-star product over 4,500 4, times on the App Store. They have all the brands and types of lenses you're looking for. It's designed by doctors and life, licensed eye doctors review every test. Like, again, the, the test takes less than five minutes. I think it took me, like, three minutes. Um, so it's a pretty simple deal. The vision test is only 20 bucks. Compare that to the cost of an appointment without insurance. It costs up to 20, 200 bucks. Contact lens prices are very, very cheap. The standard shipping is free, which is great. And best of all, we're offering the promotion to our listeners where you go to simplecontacts.com slash dynasty20, code dynasty20. Next game, guys, is the Eagles and the Buccaneers. And somehow it happened again. Ryan Fitzpatrick basically repeated his week one performance. He threw for 402 yards, four touchdowns. And Jameis Winston has to be really concerned right now about what's going to happen when he comes back. George, are you giving a second round pick in a super flex league for Ryan Fitzpatrick right now? All right. Well, first off, if there's something that, uh, you know, speaking of, of seeing well, you know, that, that post game outfit that Ryan Fitzpatrick was wearing, you know, that's, if I want 2020 vision for anything, it is that outfit right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, but as for the second rounder for Fitzpatrick in, in a super flex league, just to, just to be clear, I'm not totally sold on that yet, just because I don't think the Bucks have committed to him. I know that they've said they're not sure if they're going to put Jameis Winston back in. Obviously, Fitzpatrick has done well the first couple weeks, but he's, you know, 36, 37. You know, he's an older quarterback. We don't know what what even this season's outlook looks like, much less, you know, next season. Uh, so, so I can't quite make that move unless I was really contending, and that was kind of that last little piece that I needed and I was willing to take that gamble. But, but outside of that, I, I think it's a slight overreaction for me. Yeah, I would agree. And, and this question is essentially asking, do you expect Fitzpatrick to keep the job? Because if you do, and, and of course he's not going to throw 404 every week, uh, he, he's going to regress, but that doesn't mean he can't have a successful season. This is probably the best supporting cast uh, that, that he's ever been a part of as far as his pass catchers. So I'm with you, George. I'm, I'm not sold that he keeps the job. I, I do think he keeps it beyond the suspension, but I think at some point Winston is going to be back in there, whether that's 
week six, week eight, whatever it might be. We're going to see Winston this season. So I'm, I'm going to say that's an overreaction as well. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a massive overreaction. I think we know who Fitzpatrick is. These are two great games. He's got a great supporting cast, but he's going to turn into a pumpkin very soon. I would bet that Winston is starting by Halloween. And to take it a step further, now's the time to call the Winston owners. Go get him for sure. What are you paying for Winston in a, in a super flex? He's still he's going to cost a you a first rounder still. I would say he probably cost a first. And yeah, I mean, I think he's immensely talented. I think he would do great things in this offense. He did great things to finish last year. Even if he moves on, I think he's a starting quarterback somewhere. Yeah, I'm probably giving up a first for Winston. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think it it would be better for him at this point to find a new team whether they trade him or whatever whatever the situation might be? Maybe. Just that fresh start? Yeah, maybe. I mean, the Giants or – I don't know. I'm just sitting here racking my head like wh- who would want him and give something up? I mean, where's the fit? But I think he's one of the best, you know, 15 to 20 quarterbacks on the planet. Yeah. Next game, guys, is the Texans and Titans. Uh, we saw Will Fuller make his debut, his season debut in this game. And just like he does every time he plays with Deshaun Watson, he caught a touchdown Eight catches, 113 yards, and a score. Even though he missed week one, he's the wide receiver 36 on the season. Uh, the One of the players he was against in that game, Corey Davis of the Titans, he's played both games, but he's only wide receiver 44 on the season. So I am going to buy Will Fuller. I'm going to trade my Corey Davis to acquire Will Fuller. And you guys can talk about this from, from both angles. Is that an overreaction? or an appropriate reaction, George? Yeah, I have them literally right next to each other in the rankings, so so I have no issue with this whatsoever. Uh, it, it really comes down to your preference. I think for me at this point, I would rather buy Will Fuller just because I think the quarterback situation's better. Uh, clearly, they can support multiple receiving options. The play calling has, has gone really well, whereas Corey Davis is dealing with, unfortunately, and I think you guys talked about this last week with Mariota, you know, what's the situation going to be like there? I mean, when you... Uh, you know, even have questions that Blaine Gabbert can start ahead of you. That's a little concerning. Uh, and, uh, and I wouldn't blame anyone for going the other way on this either. Yeah, Matt, what are, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I don't think this is close. I'd much rather have Corey Davis. I'd send you Will Fuller for Corey Davis and throw something in. I, don't, I think Davis is going to destroy him in the target department for their careers. Um, yeah, maybe Houston's quarterback situation looks a little rosier right now, but I kind of trust LaFleur and those guys to help this offense a little bit more. I think this is the the downtime to buy Corey Davis stock. I would agree with that, and I'm not uh, I'm not ready to give up on, on Davis for sure, but I think I'm going to be on Georgia's side here that these guys are just close enough in the rankings for me that this feels like if not appropriate, at least an under, understandable reaction to uh, to make. And uh, maybe that does mean it's a good time to buy Corey Davis. I just don't know that we're going to be able to use him much this year. Next game is Colts and Redskins. The Redskins trailed for most of this game, even though they were home to the Colts or with the Colts. And, and that led to a lot of action for Chris Thompson, especially as a pass catcher. He's got 19 receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown just as a receiver this year, and that's good enough for RB5. So you're a contender. 
Maybe you're missing Lev Bell. Maybe you just lost Joe Mixon or Devontae Freeman for a few weeks. Are you going to give up your projected late first-round pick for Chris Thompson, Matt? No, I think it's too much of a buy-high moment. Uh, I think that they love him. I think he's a great asset. But I also think that he's always going to be a satellite player, and durability really worries me with him. That's understandable, but we were saying some of those same things this time last year. And, uh, of course, we know the injury came. It wasn't a knee injury or, or hamstring or one of these things we worry about popping up again, though. Uh, but he, he just kept producing whenever he was on the field, and he's, he's doing it through two weeks this year. George, first rounder for Chris Thompson. Is that an overreaction? I think it's an overreaction, and I, I really like Chris Thompson. I have him on a ton of teams because I, I really am a fan. And, and he was on pace to be a low-level RB1 last year, so so this isn't completely out of the blue. However, you know, they also have Darius Geis, who's going to come back next year, so I think that's a consideration. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if we really want to reach here, I mean, they signed Brashad Perryman and Michael Floyd yesterday. It, you know, so, I mean, they're adding pass catchers. If, uh, if you want to count two former first-round picks who have done absolutely nothing in the last few years, uh, additions to this team. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, too, I'm not too worried about his situation this year, but, but I wouldn't give up the first round. So you're, you're on board with buying him in general, but not quite at that price. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That, that's where I am as well. Uh, he is a guy that, uh, that I'll be targeting in trades over the next couple weeks, but not, not for a first rounder, not yet. Next game, Cardinals and Rams. We talked about David Johnson last week and, and I just think we have to go back to it. Um, because we, we essentially saw a repeat. He's not being used as a receiver, not running nearly as many routes as he did, uh, in previous seasons, especially that, 2016 season and it's been talked about excuse me it's been talked about on uh, on twitter and and in some content around different sites that this all basically goes back to the offensive coordinator mike mccoy uh when he was melvin gordon's uh, coach gordon basically hardly ever saw the ball and now we we talked earlier about what he's doing this year as a receiver so I'm going to move David Johnson down my ranks. Thinking about my overall rankings, not just the running backs, I'm going to put him outside of the top 12 and and make the case that David Johnson is not worth a first-round pick in a dynasty startup. Matt, is that an overreaction? I'm torn on this one, to be honest with you, because just two weeks ago, he was probably my number two dynasty asset overall. I just think he's a special player. I think he's. I still think he's the best running back in football, but if they don't throw him the ball, <laughs> none of that matters. And it boggles my mind. And your point with Gordon and McCoy is a great one. So maybe this guy is too bullheaded and stubborn to do it. But the bloom in me wants to say, rational coaching will prevail, and they will throw the ball to this guy because what else can they do on offense? It's the worst offense in the league. And therefore, his value would spike again. But, I mean, I guess it comes down to, you know, those wide receivers we were talking about, like Diggs and Adams and Evans. Would you rather have them than those guys? Yeah, I think that really is the question because if you if you go that, you know, if you go that far, 
we named five or six guys that are in that group. And if you're going to say you want Diggs over him, then you're probably taking Allen and Juju and Adams and those other guys that are in that tier over him as well, which could not only push him out of the top 12, it could push him, you know, to the middle of that second round range. I'm looking at DLF's current top 200 rankings. Uh, He is currently sixth in that group. Odell Beckham ahead of him, DeAndre Hopkins ahead of ahead of him, Gurley and Zeke are a couple of the guys ahead of him. I think we would agree that we'd take all four of those yeah. ahead of ahead of DJ, so that puts him at five. Um, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, are those automatics? I yeah. think that I think they probably are. Now he's at uh, now he is at eight. Uh, Alvin Kamara, yes, yeah. Um, Mike Evans. Antonio Brown, we didn't even mention. I think I think this seems like we have to go with it. it it's a reasonable reaction just based on those names. Three more names I just want to throw out, if you don't mind. McC- sure. McCaffrey, Mixon, Gordon. I'm not quite there with Mixon. The other two, I, I think it's fair. You know, Johnson is, uh, he's 26 now. And if, if we're going to say, okay, it's going to be a wasted year. The offense is terrible. They're not using him as a receiver, so he's going to miss out on those uh, those PPR points, which, I mean, just talking about Thompson and, and Gordon and, and McCaffrey, we can see how valuable those those receptions are. If it's a lost year and now it's 2019 and he's 27 years old, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he belongs in the first round, which is just crazy to say. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Gordon ahead of him, McCaffrey ahead of him, sure. Yeah, the more you sort it through – you can come up with 12 names pretty easily. Well, we and we didn't talk about Cook, Fournette, Adams, Hunt, right. Keenan Allen, uh, Le'Veon Bell, I guess, would, would have to at least be in the conversation. Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, right? Like, maybe he's not in the top 20. This is, this is kind of spiraling quickly, but right. um, I have seen some comparisons to, uh, to Todd Gurley's 2016 season, which – that that felt like kind of a wasted year, but of course the difference was Gurley was twenty two at that point, twenty two or twenty three. George, what are your thoughts on DJ? Yeah, you guys covered most of it. Um, you know, I think his only saving grace at this point is maybe Josh Rosen coming in, opening up the offense a little bit more. Uh, and 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 Rosen has shown you know in college that he can you know throw the deep ball, which Bradford really has never been that type of quarterback. Uh, you know, has spread the ball around. Uh, you know. It, I just I'm worried about about Johnson and, and to your point his usage has been just crazy that they they really have not put him down the field which which is how he excelled uh, before you know that he was kind of a unique running back and that he could run deeper routes than other running backs were running and they're just not doing that for him this year so it's it's a very strange situation he's in. Um, but, but I don't, I don't think it's a, an overreaction necessarily. Cause I think I have him right at 12 right now. Uh, so, so for me, it, it, it makes sense, but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have an issue one way or the other. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, um, you, you know, this is not a sell at all cost situation, just like it, it's similar to Le'Veon Bell. Honestly, it's similar to Gurley in 2016. You don't have to take 10 cents on the dollar. But if you can pivot to one of these guys that are top 12, top 15 players and, and get that current production that we're seeing right now, then that, that probably does make sense. Lions and 49ers. 
Uh, let's talk about the Lions receivers. It's It's been a breakout um, year. I don't want to say year, but a, a couple breakout games that Kenny Galladay's put together. And the talk really all of last year when he kind of burst onto the scene and, and then really all of this preseason as well was going to be what would what would his role be? He's got Marvin Jones and Golden Tate in front of him. Is he going to be able to produce? And we've seen that he has uh, – that hasn't really slowed him down much at all. Not only is he producing, but he's also playing a lot. He's, he's getting more snaps and, and running more routes than Jones. Uh, Tate has slightly outscored him just by, I think less than one point in fantasy scoring through the first couple of games. So we know basically at this point, we talked about Galladay a little bit last week, Matt, with when we had Jeff on, I actually did a, Twitter poll after that conversation just to see where people were. I asked which of these three would you prefer on your dynasty roster? Pretty straightforward. Galladay was the overwhelming choice. I think he was at 74% maybe something like that um, compared to the other two. So that we know if you're going after Galladay, it's going to take more than Jones, more than Tate. Are you willing to give one of those guys plus a second round pick to acquire Kenny Galladay and Matt we'll start with you since we were talking about it last week yeah it was a good conversation last week and I think we quickly came to the realization that Galladay is definitely the most valuable Lions receiver you kind of assured us that with the poll um, and yes I would give either one of these two and a second for Galladay I'd prefer to move Tate in that deal but I would do that either one gladly yeah I think I agree so you're saying that is a uh, a reasonable reaction, something you might actually try. Is two is two future first too much? I think it would take that much. Right. Uh, I'm not I'm not paying that much yet, but I think that's what the Galladay owner would want, and I I don't really blame him honestly. George, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's appropriate as well, and 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 you know Galladay was an older rookie, so he's already I think 25. So it's not that he's necessarily super young. But but Jones is I believe twenty eight, Tate is twenty nine or thirty at this point. So I mean they're they're obviously not very young either. Um, but this is this is reasonable for me. I'd be very happy to, to to move either one of those receivers with the second for Galladay. And I'd actually go the other way than Matt. I would rather give up Jones and the second because I feel like Tate feels a little bit more secure to me in terms of his role in that offense. Um, and and uh, you know those those PPR kind of high volume guys tend to age a little bit better. Um, in general, so so I would prefer to keep him of the two. That's a good point and, and a good a good thought. I'm not sure which I would give up, uh, which I would prefer to give up, but I would I would give up really either one of them, honestly, along with the second to get Galladay. I think he's going to be uh, a fun player to track his value because I expect it to continue to rise. Raiders and the Broncos, that was that was an ugly one to watch. I don't know if you guys got to see much of that. Uh, Philip Lindsay did it again as well, 100, over 100 uh, all-purpose yards, just as he did in week one. He's the first undrafted free agent rookie to ever do that in weeks one and two, 100 yards uh, in each of those games. I'm going to adjust my rookie rankings, and I'm going to make him my rookie RB3. We know Saquon Barkley is locked in. As the RB one, are you pushing Lindsey up all the way to RB three, George? No, I can't do it. Uh, I I like the talent out of this class. I mean, Chubb and and Geis and and Sony Michelle just came back, and 
you know, carry on starting to get a little bit more work in Detroit. I, I feel like there are too many more talented runners that, that have good situations where I'm not totally sure if Lindsay's even going to continue to get this kind of share of, of the rushing, much less the, the touch part of the offense. So yeah, that, that's a, that's an overreact for me. All right. Matt, what about you? Yeah, big overreact for me, but I like the player a lot. I don't think he's going away. But would you guys rather have him or his Freeman or carry on Johnson or Ronald Jones even? Well, Shaba. that's the thing. Uh, yeah, outside of outside of Barkley, I think those guys are all kind of in a bucket now, which is actually why I said RB3. I don't know who your RB2 is. Maybe it's guys Chubb, Freeman, uh, yeah, Carry On, Sony Michelle. It could really could be any of those. Um, so I, I gave you a freebie and, and put Lindsay at RB3. I also think that's an overreaction. Uh, I would definitely still prefer guys Chubb, Michelle, Penny, Johnson, all those guys to him. Jones. Uh, honestly, it, it's close with Jones. It's okay. close with Freeman. I'm, I wasn't a fan of either of those guys um, to begin with. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue if you wanted, uh, if you wanted Lindsay over the, either of those two guys. Yeah, I hear you. All right, guys, we're going to pause here for a word from our sponsor. Next game, Pats and Jags. Patriots went into Jacksonville and got spanked. Uh, but then they followed that up by trading for Josh Gordon. You talked about this earlier, Matt. They gave up a fifth-round pick for Josh Gordon. Would you give up a first-round pick for Josh Gordon as a member of the Patriots, George? I'm not. I'm not getting roped into this one again. I, I, <laughs> I just uh, this roller coaster is never going to end, and and I don't own any shares of him anyway. Uh, I just I can't do it. I mean, it, it really could go either way. I think he's immensely talented. Um, but, but I just don't know at this point what's, what's there with him, you know, the motivation, everything else. I mean, obviously, you know, he's an athlete, he's in great shape and everything else, but, but mentally, is it there, you know, is he, is he willing to be part of this team? I I don't really know. I don't, I, I hope the best for him, obviously. Um, but, but I just, I can't pay a first round pick for him and I'm down on this class. So, so, so that's, uh, that's something I'm not willing to do at this point. All right, overreaction for George. Matt, what do you say? Yeah, big overreaction. No, I, I would certainly be looking to trade him if I got him. I know some people have said, this is the new Randy Moss trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I could squint hard enough to see that. But he hasn't done anything since 2013. Yeah, I'm with you guys. It's an overreaction. I've, I've seen a few Josh Gordon trades, and of course it's been uh, a big part of dynasty and fantasy conversation the past couple days, but it seems like everybody agrees with us. This is the time to sell. So finding a buyer may be the challenge. Let's move to the Sunday night game. Uh, That was another ugly one. Giants and Cowboys. Uh, We've seen, I guess now back-to-back kind of disappointing, frustrating games for Ezekiel Elliott. He's actually still um, scoring as the RB8 in fantasy leagues he had a touchdown in week one he's uh, been somewhat involved in the past game so he's he's getting his are you ready to just give up on this Cowboys offense trade Ezekiel Elliott for Christian McCaffrey Matt is that an overreaction yes because I think 
a year from now, we'll be saying the Cowboys have the best offensive line in the league and they just added two wide receivers and a tight end and Elliott's going to be the focal point and we'll be back in the top, you know, very, very top tier of dynasty asset running backs. I love McCaffrey. I might rather have McCaffrey in redraft from this point on for the rest of the year, especially in PPR, of course. But big picture, Elliott's a pretty special talent. So that's an overreaction for you, yes. George. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I mean, I would rather have Elliott, and, and Matt summed it up quite well. I think that, uh, you know, things are going to get better for him. I mean, it's more injuries, and, and, you know, for some reason the Cowboys decided not to add wide receivers this offseason that were really worth too much. So I feel like that has to change. Um, so so I'm, I'm on the same side. But, but to his point, I think for the rest of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if McCaffrey outscores Elliott, especially in those PPR leagues. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Still prefer Elliott. I was just pushing it a little bit, but that's that is an overreaction. Last game, Monday Night Football, Seahawks Bears. Um, speaking of doing it again, we talked about Lindsey. We talked about Fitzpatrick uh, repeating big performances. Will Disley, this the Seahawks blocking tight end. At least we thought he was a blocking tight end. He's the tight end three on the season. Uh, had another solid game against uh, maybe maybe the best defense in the league. Uh, one of the best defenses, at least George, your bears. And somehow Will Disley is still out there on waiver wires. Uh, I know he was, he was a hot pickup last week, but in uh, shallower leagues, he is certainly still sitting out there. I'm going to spend 75% of my blind bidding money for the year on Will Disley. Matt overreaction. Uh, yeah. Big overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, more so than anyone that you've presented. This that is a Ooh, massive okay. overreaction to me. Um, he moves around and catches the ball better than I thought he would. And who the hell, who the heck else is going to catch the ball in Seattle this year? But I think he's just a guy, and this might go down as his best two games in his career. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I heard other people say that after week one that that might end up being his best game of his career. But he now has two of the top 11 fantasy games from a tight end this season. Right? Uh, his, I get his it. Two. <laughs> George? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if, if you said you already spent 50% of your fab and this was 75% of your remaining fab, then may, maybe I'd be on line with that. <laughs> but, uh, but, but if you had all your money, no, this is an overreaction to me. I mean, he, he's an interesting story. I mean, I think he was a defensive end in college before he, he became a tight end, has only played tight end, I think, for two seasons before this, um, and really you know, was, to your point, mostly a blocking tight end, probably more so because he was learning the position than anything. So, you know, once Doug Baldwin comes back, I think, you know, Russ is going to have his best target there. And, and you know, it was clear that, that poor poor Russell Wilson was not enjoying the pressure that the Bears were putting, and he was just looking to get rid of that ball as quick as possible. And whoever was even remotely in the area was, was getting that target. Uh, and, and for Disley, it was him in a, in, a, in a handful of cases. So, yeah, I wouldn't spend the money there. Um, I think there are better guys um, you know, th- that are going to be coming out over the next few weeks, even if you don't like anyone else on the waiver wire this week. All right, guys. I think I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I, as we got, you know, deeper into the games, I got a little crazier with my scenarios, I guess. <laughs> 
George, thanks for joining us. Thanks for running through these games with us today and, and uh, throwing a dynasty spin on all of the players in the news. Let all our listeners know where they can find your work. Yeah, well, well, you mentioned at the top of the show, I, I co-host the Player Raider podcast with, with you, so that's that's always fun. Uh, and then you find me on Twitter at Rotohack. Um, not writing so much lately, but but maybe you know at some point I'll get back into that too. All right, we certainly hope so. That's always good stuff from you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.